there was another politician in the news today who is a bit of a dinosaur, um, and that was David Davis. Oh, so yes. What, what kind of dinosaur do you think he Oh, a protoceratops. I have no idea what that is. Proteoceratops is a very small uh, ceratopsin um, from, I believe, Mongolia is where it was discovered because it lives alongside, it lived, I should say, it's not still running around Mongolia, it lived alongside Velociraptor. And the most famous example of a Proteoceratops is from a fossil where a Proteoceratops died locked, co locked in combat with a Velociraptor. Uh -huh. And uh, <laughs> David Davis is uh, obviously heavily involved in Brexit, mm -hmm. given his position. And uh, this uh, Protoceratops and the Velociraptor were locked in combat. And then while they were busy fighting, a uh, landslide occurred and killed them both. Oh boy. Uh, what a wonderful week, folks. Nigel Farage is on course to become the only person in history to win a European election twice in a row, except for Margaret Thatcher. I feel like it's just such a good it's such a it's such a good bunch of people to add to the roster without any problems or bad ideas at all. I know, I know. My my whole reaction to these elections is pretty much just gonna be like <sighs> And we don't even get to get the result on Thursday because we have to wait for all the other European countries to finish voting, so the count is gonna be on Sunday. So we're going to have three days of everyone's voted. What's the result? I don't know. We're not allowed to count it. It's messy. It's very messy. I just, I really love the idea of um, we're really representing ourselves in a, in a likeable way. And people will really be like, oh, wow, these are some good folks. They're sending forwards with good ideas. And it's not going to be horrendously humiliating at all. Yeah, we're going to send 30 MEPs to Europe who don't want us to be in Europe. Great, great job, guys. What a good way to talk to the neighbouring countries. Right, so I suppose it's worth opening off with what we usually do, which is a look at the polls in the last month. Um, as I have been... I have been trying, desperately to try and tell people that the polls are actually looking pretty good for the Labour Party right now. I have a judge of frantic tweeting. <laughs> I know. It, it's so I'm just like, wow, uh, they've been busy on the old Twitter. For a while, we had a bad few months for the Labour Party and the Tories were ahead in the polls and everybody was talking about opinion polls and then all of a sudden the Labour Party came ahead by an average of about five points and all of a sudden, whew, silence. Nobody wants to talk about opinion polls anymore. Nobody on the, like, the centre, certainly. People on the left want to talk about them, but there aren't many places actually talking about them, so they don't even know that there are good opinion polls being put out. But as I've been trying to tell people in these roundup tweets, we've had, I think, four polls in the past month showing a Labour Party lead of nine points, which is the same margin as Tony Blair won by in 2001 and a bigger margin than by he won by in 2005. And on average, the Labour Party is ahead of the Conservatives by five points, with the Labour on 33% and the Tories on 28% in April, which 
would lead to Labour winning uh, around 300 seats, 299, the Tories losing 70 and ending up in around 250, the SNP sweeping to 51 and 59 Scottish seats, and the Lib Dems winning around 30, which would allow for the easy formation of a Labour minority government. Given that the last three elections have resulted in either small majority governments or hung parliaments, I think that that's a pretty good result, and we are going closer and closer in the polls to a majority government. So, those are looking good. European election polls, not so much, not so great. As I've also been trying to tell people, the average of polls shows the Brexit party on a third of the vote, Labour behind them on 20%, the Lib Dems behind them on 15%, the Tories all the way down on 11%, the Greens on 8 the SNP on 4 and Change UK on 4%, and UKIP all the way behind everybody else on 3%. Bear in mind, they won 27% of the vote in 2014. They have collapsed completely. Brexit party has just eaten their vote entirely. And that would lead to a reasonably proportional uh, reflection of seats, although the Brexit party would win quite a lot more seats than its 33% vote share would entitle it to, just because the voting system isn't entirely proportional. What do you make of those? <sighs> Big sigh. Yes. In summary, big sigh. I know it's not the most academic um, analysis of those numbers, but I'm just... It's embarrassing, frankly. It's just... It's embarrassing. It makes us... The fact that the Brexit Party are polling as well as they do, it's just... It's quite immature. Like, Lee will remain. I'm just saying... We actually do have to negotiate and deal with Europe until we do leave. And it's embarrassing to send people to talk to Europe who whole, their whole purpose is about actively disliking or being sceptical of Europe. It doesn't make us look good to other countries. And I'm not saying there's a reason we came last in Eurovision, but we're not exactly beloved by anyone in Europe right now and they are our closest neighbours like Brexit isn't going to make us mad move us into the Atlantic like we are still going to be neighbouring these people forever I, I, I'm... we have to have good relationships with them it's embarrassing to behave like this for me one of the I mean we've got uh, one of the leaflets that the Brexit party sent to every household here um, I'm pretty sure that changing policies for good slogan has been used by Change UK as well. I quite like their logo, I have to say. It's a good logo. It's a good logo. This is the thing. I imagine you folks have seen it, but it's effectively uh, an arrow pointing to the right in a circle. That's teal, the colour? Yeah, a very, I mean, I'm not a very light blue. Um, with Brexit Party, and I think that's Helvetica um, narrow font. Mm. It's actually very well designed. Um, and as some people have pointed out, and this is a story I saw in the, the newspapers, some Remain campaigners are getting very upset because this is an arrow, and on the ballot paper it points right next to the box. And they're petitioning the Electoral Commission to get the Brexit Party to take the logo off the ballot paper or, or give an arrow to all of the other parties as well. Mm. To which one can say a number of things. Firstly, all the ballot papers have been printed. Yeah, like, please. And secondly, please. Please, come on. 
we all know what that arrow is symbolizing. It's symbolizing a move to the right. Yes. Which is not a good thing. No. It's a stupid thing, which hurts people. I'm salty about it forever, but it is a good logo. As someone who does design, that is actually a good logo, and that is annoying, because I want them to be incompetent, but they're yeah. not. Well, this is the thing. It's frustrating. <laughs> the, the comparison between the Brexit Party and Change UK mm. has been remarkable. I mean, our, our dynamic in this is that I, I basically think about politics every six seconds, um, and you're more normal. I'm your average layperson. Yes, so I don't know how much of Change UK stuff has cut through to you. Because I watch, I kind of follow them obsessively just because I like to laugh at them. But I don't know how much you've heard about them. Change UK is a messy cluster of mess. Uh, Brexit Party... So I come obviously more from a design and arts and literature background. Um, they have a clear message. They've got very strong branding. Their design is very professional. And they're like the great communicators. Like, it's frustrating. I obviously do not agree at all with what they're doing, but they're running a very good ship. They're running a very tight ship. Change UK is a three headed blind dog with no legs. It's just kind of blindly rolling down a hill, hoping it will get into the right hole. Here are the summer things that have happened with Change UK, right? Their lead candidate for Scotland has endorsed the Liberal Democrats. Somebody who everybody thought was a Change UK MEP has announced that she was in fact never a Change UK MEP and has endorsed the Liberal Democrats. While the Brexit party has a clever and like very clear logo, Change UK doesn't even have one at all. If these are the kinds of people who are supposed to lead a second referendum campaign, how on earth do they expect to win it if they can't even get a logo on the ballot paper, decide a name for their party? Yeah. They can't even recruit candidates who even support their party. They support other parties. The person who would, in, in on paper, be elected for Change UK in Scotland if they want to see, doesn't in fact support the party anymore. Yeah. I think a big part of intelligence is being able to admit when you're wrong, admit when you've made a mistake, and learn from your enemies and those that don't see eye to eye with you. Because even your enemies typically have something to say that you can learn from, even if it's, oh, I need to oppose what they've just said. Mm. And honestly, like, obviously, I, I've already said I don't agree with what they're doing. Yeah. But, like, they've done a very good job at what they're trying to do. There's a reason they're doing so well. It's not just luck. It's because they chose a name, which, yeah, it's laughably obvious, the Brexit party, but it's really damn effective. Me and Elle have talked before in, in, in private about, like, um, our opinions um, back in the day when... Uh, the orange peanut was being elected and how the Clinton campaign wasn't as good. Like, he is obviously a buffoon, but his campaign was strong in the sense that he had a very simple slogan and it was a very simple idea and that's why it succeeded. What was Hillary's slogan and what was she trying to accomplish? I don't think you could tell me. I mean, I could tell you, but it wouldn't be a very positive that's, thing. I mean... You're not your average I know, I know. when it comes to politics, though, because I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you what her slogan was and what her, like, thing was at the top of her manifesto. I mean, I would have said her slogan was, I'm with her, because that was the one that was always repeated. Mm. And her mission was to be elected president. That that's, was it. That's meaningless. Exactly. It's meaningless. It's meaningless. Like, make America great again. What does it mean? But it's simple. And it's an idea that people can relate to. That's, I mean, it's, the Brexit party is succeeding for the same reasons. 
Mm. It's a good part. It's a good campaign. It's not a good party. That's a bad slip. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, it's a good campaign. I mean, you've got... Look how effective it is. We've got the leaflet in hand. Yes, yeah. And on the back, they've got three numbers, like 83% of Labour MPs back a second referendum, like bam, 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 right underneath each other in red. Like, it's very, very well done. That's uh, We have a lot. We get a lot of spam mm. and leaflets. Like, it's it's busy, but it's very effective at communicating its utter bulldoo-doo. Yeah. You could learn from that. I mean... Change UK, what are you doing? If you want to actually do anything, pay attention to your competitors and the other people around you because you might not agree with them, you might think yourself better than them, but you clearly aren't. If they had recognised people like Chukro Muna... I'm going to go with Chukro Muna just because (laughs) I remember him. It wasn't Milkman there. Oh! The Milkman! Mike! How can I forget Mike? I'm so embarrassed by that. The the Milky Bar kid. The Milky Bar man, yeah. Yeah, God, of course. Forget Amuna. Forget Amuna. The, mul- the monkey bar kid's Mike, there. Yeah. Mike. So people there like Mike have never accepted really that they lost the Labour leadership election twice. And they've never sought to learn anything no. from Corbyn or, or Corbynism or, or the Labour left. And so, of course, they're not going to want to learn anything from the, the Brexit party. Because um, they just they laugh at the name. And they fail to realise that the name is actually part of why they're successful because they chose something simple and obvious that people can get behind. Whereas Change UK has... What does it mean? It's so vague. Three names. Technically four, I suppose. It's, there's just Change UK. Then there's their full name on the ballot, which is Change UK, the independent group. Then there's their acronym, which is Chuck Tig. And then there's what Heidi Allen insists on calling them, the Remain Alliance. So, yeah, having talked about that, I think... We might touch briefly on this Liberal Democrat leaflet. The thing as well that's worth noting about the European elections is we have no idea how long these people are going to sit in Parliament for, or even if they will take their seats at all. It's an election that no one expected to happen, nobody wanted them to happen, and it's effectively inviting people to cast a protest vote. So there's a Liberal Democrat leaflet. Yes. It's enormous. It's enormous, for one thing. It's A3, whereas the Brexit Party's leaflet is only A4. There's got a number of things to say about it. There's so much on it. Oh, it's double-sided. It's double-sided. There's a lot of text. Oh, mate, if you need a leaflet which is A3 and double-sided, you you need to cut stuff. I think part of it is that the spending limits for European elections are actually really low. So this, the free post leaflet, that, that parties put all of their stuff into this. <laughs> Sorry, um, I just I really love how vague uh, on the on the on the this is the front this side. Yeah, it's hard front. to tell because it's so busy. But on the front, they have um, your clear choice: Conservative, Labour, UKIP, or Brexit Party, or Lib Dems who demand better. That is the vaguest line. That is so vague. Better than what? Better, better than the Brexit. Better than those four. They're all wildly different parties who want very mm. different things. So what, when you're saying who demand better, what on earth are you talking about? Also, this framing, and people have talked about this before, is incredible because there is no chance that the Liberals are going to win a majority of the popular vote. No. And these three parties, the Tories, Labour, UK, four parties, Tories, Labour, UKIP and Brexit, are, according to this week's poll average, set to win a seat. 53, 64, 67% of the popular vote. So if they're saying that votes for those parties are supporting Brexit, 
and those parties win two-thirds of the popular vote, how is their cause advanced? So really, this should say, your unclear choice on the 23rd of May, vote for Conservative, Labour, UKIP or Brexit Party, or vote for the Lib Dems and let in someone but you don't know who, because mm. your vote won't win. I do love um, Ella's done some beautiful annotations, passive-aggressive oh, annotations. Oh, yeah, yeah, so we've got... On this leaflet. Um, um, I'm, I'm loving... You just went straight in. Did you snap? Yes. <laughs> Did you snap? So <laughs> we've got... At the very top, we've got 23rd May is a chance to stop Brexit. I've just written wrong. How about I read them and then you can read your annotation? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Conservatives, Labour, UKIP or the Brexit Party, all of these parties are backing Brexit, fact. wrong. wrong. A vote for them in this election is a vote to take Britain out of Europe and make us poorer and less influential. I mean, a vote for the Tories, UKIP or the Brexit party is certainly a vote for that. A vote for Labour isn't. And if you do believe in a second referendum, the Labour Party has committed to keeping that option open. So a win for the Labour Party is better than a win for the Brexit party. The demanding better apparently means that uh, the Lib Dems want to strengthen our economy. No. Fight climate change. Yeah, because they did that so much in government. And protect public services. Nobody even needs to say anything about that. I just The only response to that is, ha! Don't forget, the Lib Dems can improve lives in every part of Britain. And they'll protect our public services. That is so astounding <laughs> that they will write that down. Like It's like they think people can't remember the past. And then on the back, they've got like a dramatic picture of Jeremy Corbyn gasped with his collar unbuttoned which is how know. you know he's a heathen and they've got a jeremy corbyn it's failing the millions of labor voters who want to stop brexit and then they have all these dramatic headlines which make it look kind of like mock the week and it's a uh, labor orders mps not to back second brexit referendum and it's like no which is bizarre because labor's voted for a second referendum. oh my god sorry i just noticed that they quote uh they quote our friend Mike, the yeah, the, the, the milk monitor. <laughs> the milk monitor. The milk monitor. That's so upsetting, and I don't know why. But um, the Milky Bar Kid is quoted in here because his opinion about labour is really important. Really relevant, yeah. So relevant. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so relevant. He is furious guys. that the leadership is complicit in facilitating Brexit, even though Labour has voted against May's deal every single time that it's been before. Parliament. And don't forget, um, Labour will never be forgiven if they make a deal with Brexit, with the Tories, something which will never happen. A, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And look, a few uh, about a week after this leaflet arrived on our doorstep, Corbyn withdrew from the cross-party talks. Because it, it was never going to go ahead. And that was obvious to anybody who paid even the slightest bit of attention. And finally, they have a bit about the local elections. <laughs> Big winners fight back on as Tory Labour vote collapses. I've been trying to... We'll talk about this later, but I've been trying to write about the local elections. And it's so... Difficult, because they don't make sense. Nothing about those local elections is easy to explain, because you 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 have like some areas where the Green Party nearly won in like a Tory Shire county that voted Leave. Like some of these places, it doesn't make any sense. But one thing we know for sure is calling the Lib Dems the big winners is very odd because they came third. They came third. So I don't know what that, that's about. So I thought we'd do a quick news section uh, called WTF is going on with Brexit. I wish this was a visual medium so I could just have a little sign that says, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Theresa May has managed to delay Britain's exit until October. And that's meant we'll be taking part in elections to the European Parliament 
this Thursday. We don't know how long these people are going to sit in the European Parliament. If a deal is passed soon after the elections, then they may in fact never take their seats. May plans to bring her deal back to Parliament for a fourth vote in the week after the European elections. It's going to be the formal withdrawal bill. And if it's defeated, as many expect, then it will force her to call an end to this session of Parliament as it's the last piece of major legislation left on the government's agenda. That's not the end of uh, this Parliament as a whole. She'll have to call a new session of Parliament, but that means passing a Queen's speech, and there are serious doubts over her ability to do so. If she can't pass a Queen's speech, it's difficult to see how she can govern and avoid calling a general election. Um, and she, in the meantime, she's being challenged by her own party and calls to step down. And all the while, the clock is ticking down to our new exit date of October the 31st. Oh, spooky. That can't be right. Hang on a second. Is it actually Halloween? Oh it can't my... be. Is it actually? It's October 31st, yeah. <laughs> oh no! The scariest thing of all really is Brexit. Yeah, it's 31st October. That's wild. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it's Halloween. Oh no. So that was just kind of a Brexit update, I figured. We can't, hey, we can't leave on Halloween because we can't do a combination like celebrating Independence and Halloween Day. Yeah, it's, it's always going to be associated with Halloween, like the day that we left we the year. We can't. No. We can't leave. Come on, guys. If we're going to leave, it has to be on its own day. We can't stay in Halloween like this, please. So the next thing on the agenda was a sort of general discussion topic. With Labour ahead in the polls, what do we think the priorities of the next Labour government should be? Um, obviously, there are many, many things. But the first things that come to mind for us as young millennials who don't have a lot of money. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> there is, where do I start, right? Mm. Obviously, I want more rights for renters. Yes. Uh, better pay. Yes. Better career progression. Because life is really hard if you're 20-something right now. Uh, they need to sort out education. Mm. Because schools are a mess and it's just, it's unholy. It's absolutely unholy what is happening in schools and in universities. Basically the whole education sector needs a massive shakedown and sort out. It needs to be changed in so many ways that I just don't have time to cover. Um, obviously healthcare. The NHS needs to be pulled back from the the horrible depths to which it's been pushed mm. by the Tories because they don't use it because they're all rich. There's often I see a lot of cynicism on the left when the leadership isn't quite as bold as we might want on some issues or it's triangulating on some policy issue to try and win votes or, or it's not as good as it could ideally be. But I am an optimist, nonetheless, because I think that a Corbyn government would be such an advance on what we have and what we could have had with a different Labour leader and what we've had in the past with other Labour leaders. Mm. It would be such an advance forward. And that won't be an advance forward all the way. And I recognise that making the case this is better than what we had before may not be that inspirational, but I still think it's true. And I'm not going to stop supporting the Labour Party because of their position on Brexit either way. I'm not going to stop supporting there Jeremy There are more Cor important yeah. issues than Brexit. So I should name some as well. So obviously everything you've said, investment in public services. Oh, jeez, yeah. The abolition of zero-hours contracts. Please. In effect, yeah, the strengthening of workers' rights. 
Um, and I think it's worth pointing out that there's a lot of people who say, if we leave the EU, Labour's going to oversee the destruction of workers' rights because we leave the EU. Why would Labour do that? Well, exactly, because they seem to think that it will happen automatically and not because of what any government does or says. Which a, is... a right-wing party would do that. A right-wing party has done that. Exactly. They are doing it right now. When we are in the EU, the European Union is a political and economic union. It's not a loving parent that protects you from everything bad that your domestic government might do. It's not your friend. And that's what I'd say, I feel I have to say sometimes to people who remain as like, the EU is not your friend. It looks out for its own interests. It's an institution, and like any institution, it tends towards self-perpetuation and defending its own bureaucracy and its own interests. There is a reason why we've had austerity and attacks on trade unions and attacks on workers' rights and privatisation while we have been in the EU. And that is because the EU is not there to protect us from what our own government does. The EU is there to encourage trade and cooperation between different governments. It's not there to protect you from your own government. So these arguments about leaving the EU equals austerity, equals destruction of workers' rights, equals economic catastrophe. None of that's inevitable. We've had economic catastrophe in the EU. We've had austerity in the EU. We've had attacks on workers' rights in the EU. And the EU has never once stepped in and protected us from any of those things. I recognise what the EU is. And I know that I've said it's a trading block, and, and that is unfair, and I apologise for that. It means a lot to a lot of people. But it is an institution. It's not a, it's not a person. It's not a friend. It's not something there to defend you as an individual it's it's an institution that's designed to encourage cooperation between governments and that means that they're not going to step in and keep you safe from whatever terrible policy the Tories are going to come up with next the only people who are going to keep us safe from that is the Labour Party I don't really have much more to say than that that's completely fine I think it sums it up very well so I think we should finish off with the weirdest election slash poll of the month. And for this, I have selected the local elections. All of them. <laughs> because they were really, really weird. This has been such a bugbear for you. Like, the Tories suffered their worst defeat since 1995. They lost 1,300 seats in one go. And they weren't gained by the Labour Party. They were gained by the Lib Dems, the Greens, Independents, other parties, residents' associations, rather than Labour, who, who lost like a, hand, a handful of seats. The Greens, in particular, did astonishingly well. Like, in 2017, their net gain of seats in the local elections was one. One! This year it was 198. Good Lord. I... It, it's unprecedented growth for the Green Party. I've never seen anything like it. it. It's never been anywhere close to getting that level of... And for it to, to come from virtually nowhere to achieve that uh, is actually kind of confusing. Is it perhaps a signifier of the fact that the people coming to them are coming from the, the Tories? And they don't... These are people who are frustrated with the Tory party and how inept they're being at the moment but they also would never vote Labour in their lives because they're ardent Tories. And because they would never vote Labour in their lives because they're ardent Tories and have the tree inked on their skin, mm. they end up going to the Greens because they're not the Lib Dems who are wet blankets, independents are useless, and Greens tend to be a protest vote. 
which isn't too... It's weird because the Green Party, in, in your head, the idea of a Green Party is quite a left-wing thing, but in reality, it's not so much. No. So it's kind of the right avenue, I think, for if you're an ardent Tory, who would never vote Labour in your life? Because of principle, with a capital P. Principle. 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 Principle, darling. And I know Greens, to me, does seem like the natural choice if you are an ardent Tory. Because, it's, I mean, it's not just... I'm not just coming, pulling this out of thin air. Like, um, and more anecdotally, like, I do know people who are ardent Tories who didn't vote for the Tories mm. in the local election. But I also know that those people would never vote Labour. There was... Um... So they must have gone, like, the same way. And um, these people also wouldn't vote independence because, I mean, they know it's pointless. There were also barely any UKIP candidates. There were no Brexit Party candidates. And it's very notable that the Greens did well in many parts of the country where Labour is historically very, very weak. Yeah. Like Forest of Dean, where the Green Party won the popular vote out of nowhere... That is not a Labour stronghold. That is a Tory stronghold. Yeah. Lewis, not a Labour stronghold. Lib Dem Tory marginal seat. Green Party did extremely well in Lewis. Very nearly won that seat in the popular vote as well. Um, it also did well in places like Brighton and Hove and Norwich. Although in Norwich the Labour Party still held a majority on the council. Whereas in Brighton and Hove it's a no overall control with the Labour Party the largest council. But if you look at these local elections, and I've been trying to total up the uh, the results in all these local elections, and I've put all of those results up on our Patreon for now. I'm going to open it up in a, in a little bit. The Greens did well in a lot of places you would expect the Tories to do well. And I think... It's that, frustrated Tory voters with nowhere else. They feel like they've got nowhere else to go. And I think that it's really, really interesting that in the past week, the Green Party's poll average... In the European elections have been 8%. And in 2014, they won 8%. Hmm. So they haven't advanced. And on the when you look at the figures overall, that would mean them losing a seat. Hmm. Not gaining seats. Losing seats. Losing votes. Losing seats. And if that does happen, if we go from the Greens gaining nearly 200 councillors in a single night to them losing one of their only three MEPs... And not advancing in the European elections at all. I think it's definitely reasonable to argue that that game for the Greens was not because of Remain voters. It was because mm. of disgruntled Tory voters. It's disgruntled Tories. Like, um, who just honestly, they feel like they can't do anything else. Because they're, they want to vote because they're angry about Brexit. And they're, and they're usually old people who voted all their lives and it's a habit. And they yeah. Don't want... they, they're angry because of Brexit. So they don't want to not vote, typically, because they're like... Well, I want to make sure they know I'm angry about Brexit not happening. Mm. But they also, because of this, would never vote Labour. Because, like, the, 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 the logo for the Conservatives has replaced all their red blood cells and flows through their veins instead. Mm. And so instead they've gone to the Greens. I, I, I think that that's, I would say, particularly looking at the results, that have like that's a more reasonable explanation than... Labour lost loads of Remain votes. Because if you look at the overall popular vote totals, actually, Labour didn't lose that many votes at all. And it lost... It actually gained seats in Remain areas overall, about 10, but it lost 
about 90 seats in pro leave areas. Mm. Well, that's it, I suppose. You've been listening to Stats for Lefties, a leftist take on polls and election stats. I'm your co-host, L. And I'm your co-host, Paige. You can find the podcast at soundcloud.com slash leftystats, all lowercase. And you can follow our Twitter account at twitter.com slash leftystats. It's worth saying, for clarity's sake, I do all the tweets. That's all me. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast and would like us to do more, and would also like access to some of Elle's election spreadsheets and podcast extras, please donate to our Patreon so we can fund more cool things like this. Visit patreon.com forward slash leftystats to subscribe and donate. Uh, when I'm not making terrible meme comments for this show, I work as an illustrator, and you can find my portfolio at my website, pagalini.wordpress.com. That's uh, P-A-G-A-L-I-N-I. And you can send any inquiries to pagalini at live.co.uk. So I think, having talked about the weird local elections, we've talked about which politicians are dinosaurs, we've talked about very good leaflets and not particularly good ones. Uh, final thoughts on the European elections. Are you looking forward to them? They're going to be fun. No.